to be as we come around God's Word. I'd like to thank your minister, the Reverend McIntyre, and the session for inviting me along this evening to share the Word of God with you. Neville said about throwing one of these, if anyone falls asleep, I think you're safe enough, because if you've seen me throw, I don't think I'd get the right person. And so I think we'll just pass on that one. This is a great privilege to be along and to share God's Word. And I want you to turn this evening with me, please, in the Old Testament to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua. And we're turning to chapter 6. I want to read two verses in chapter 6, and then we turn over to chapter 7. Joshua chapter 6. And the Word of God says, And the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the cursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Over to chapter 7, please, in the first verse. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing, for Achan the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside beth on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So they went up thither of the people, about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebrim, and smote them in the going down. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites and to destroy us? With God we had been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us round, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, when, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded them. For they, even, they have even taken of the accursed thing, and also stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Down to verse 16, please. 
So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zarites, and he brought the family of the Zarites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought of his household man by man, and Achan the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory unto the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me what thou hast done, and hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a, a goodly Babylonian garment, and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels of weight. Then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they're ahead in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. Down please to verse 25. Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of His own inerrant word to our hearts. God's word open before us. Let's pray for a moment, please. Dear Lord and gracious Heavenly Father, we come into Thy presence again, Lord, and we thank Thee for all that has taken place thus far. Lord, we thank you for the singing of the hymns. Lord, we thank you for being able to come together and to pray corporately before thee. Lord, we thank you for uh, the pieces that our brother brought to us that uh, focused our attention upon Christ and upon Calvary, about the love of God towards sinful man, of mercy and of grace. Lord, we thank you for your word that we've been able to read. Lord, we praise thee for it. Lord, we pray now that as we come to the preaching of thy word, Lord, we pray that you would give help to preacher and hearer alike. Lord, that we would know the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst, moving from seat to seat, from heart to heart. Lord, we pray that each one that is gathered in may know the presence of the Lord in the midst. Lord, we pray, Lord, for those that are outside of Christ, Lord, that you would open their eyes to behold the Savior upon the cross, the one who gave himself as a ransom for many. Lord, that they would see that their sin separates them from God, and the sin must be judged. Lord, we pray. Lord, save souls tonight. Lord, we pray for any that are cold of heart. Oh, Lord, that you'll draw them lovingly and tenderly back. Lord, we thank you that you're married to the backslider. Lord, we pray that even tonight... And thou wouldst restore the joy of thy so great salvation in their hearts. Lord, for each child of God, Lord, we pray that we would even rejoice as we hear the gospel message again. Lord, we sang that hymn, Love Lifted Me. O Lord, may we be reminded afresh of the mercy and the grace of God that lifted us out of sin and set our feet upon the solid rock, Christ Jesus, and established our goings. Lord, we pray now, shut us in with thyself. May all praise and honor and glory be given to thy name. For it's in Jesus' precious name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. 
This evening, as we come to this passage of Scripture and as we gather together in God's house, I want to consider this passage under the title of Just One Little Sin. Just One Little Sin. And there are three questions that I want to leave before you tonight and that I want to look at as we go through. Does sin really matter? Who will ever know? And well, if they do, what's the worst can happen? Three questions. Does sin really matter? Who will ever know? And what's the worst that can happen? Friends, as we come to this passage tonight, we see the children of Israel and they've spent 40 years in the wilderness. And now Moses has died. The Lord has promised unto Moses that Joshua shall lead the people through into the promised land. Joshua comes to the river Jordan. And the Lord remarkably divides the water there. And the people pass through on dry land. And they come into Jordan and they're only into Jordan. And what do they see? They see that mighty city of Jericho set before them. They see its mighty walls. And it looks invincible. And I wonder, did their hearts fail? We could look back to when they crossed the Red Sea. And within days they came to the waters of Marah. They tasted the waters and they were bitter. And they murmured and they complained. I wonder... When they saw Jericho, that fortified city, did they wonder, what are we doing here? But the Lord gave them remarkable instructions for the defeating of that great city. Instructions that maybe seem very strange. What were they to do? They were to walk around the city once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, they would walk around seven times. And when the trumpet would blow, they would shout with a shout. And the Lord destroyed the walls of Jericho before their eyes. So they move on. They move on. And they're getting ready to approach Ai, the next city. And Joshua sends out spies, and they come and they look at that city, and they say, they come back and they bring the report, and they say, Well, Joshua, it's only a small city. The inhabitants aren't really that strong. Rather than sending all the men up, we'll send two or three thousand up. And we could say, and in our, our colloquialisms, Joshua, it'll be wee buns. It's no problem. Oh, we can take it. And so two to three thousand men go up to that city. When they come to that city, what happens? The men of Ai come out. And they put Israel to flight and they kill 36 of their men as they flee. Those men come back into the camp of Israel disheartened. And Joshua falls and he cries before the Lord. And if we were to look at the passage, we would see that he almost blames the Lord. Verses 7 to 9. He brings the problem before the Lord. And he says, Lord, what have you done? Lord, our enemies will mock us. What have you done? The Lord points out a problem to Joshua. The Lord tells Joshua that someone within the camp has disobeyed the commandment of the Lord. What was the commandment of the Lord? Well, we read those verses in verse 17 and 18 of chapter 6. 
that as Jericho was destroyed, they were to take nothing for themselves, save that which the Lord said, and to dedicate it unto His service. But Achan, Achan had disobeyed the Lord. And Achan done that which he thought was okay in his own eyes. And the first question we come to is, does sin really matter? Does sin really matter? Achan chose to disobey the commandment of the Lord. He broke the one and only rule that the Lord gave to the people of Israel as they went up against Jericho. Don't take anything for yourselves. And you may say, well, preacher, well, Raymond, tonight, well, that doesn't sound so awful. And surely what we read of the punishment that he, he endured, well, it was a bit harsh. But friends, let me take you back, right back to Genesis. There we could say, well, here in this passage, there's a little bit of deja vu. We go right back to Adam and Eve in the garden. And the Lord gave one commandment. You not take of the fruit of the tree. And Adam and Eve took of the fruit of the tree. Oh, one little sin. One little sin. They decided to go ahead and believe the deception of the, the devil. It was one little sin. And Achan, I'm sure, thought that his sin did not matter. Really, what was it in the grand scale of things? Oh, he took uh, some sort of a garment. He took 250 shekels of silver and a wedge of, a wedge of gold. At the end of the day, well, you could say, the people who owned it didn't need it. The Lord had destroyed them. And there it was. It was going to waste. But did you ever notice that there was guilt came along with Achan's sin. What did he do with his treasure? Well, he certainly didn't bring it home and set it on the mantelpiece for all those that were coming in and out to see. No. Achan knew that what he'd done was wrong. We read that he brought it home and he hid it. And friends, there are people across our land tonight and they're living in sin and they're hiding it. Well, they wouldn't want this one or that one to find out if I was doing such and such a thing. I wouldn't want my mother or my father to find out what I'm up to. Young person, is that you tonight? Older person, I wouldn't want my husband or my wife to find out what I'm up to. Why? Well, there's guilt there, isn't there? And Achan took that which was wrong and he hid it in the midst of his tent. And friends, he knew that he had sinned before the Lord, but he wasn't prepared to confess it. And Achan hid his treasure, hoping that no one would ever find out. And I wonder, is that you tonight, my friend? 
No, it's only one little sin. But I wouldn't like anybody to find out. Second question we want to look at is, does it really matter? Does it really matter? Friends, sins affects, sin affects lives. And sin affects each one of us, whether we're a child of God, whether we're saved, whether we're trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, or whether we're not. Sin affects us. Believer, in this passage we see that sin affected the camp. All those children of Israel, all those that loved and served the Lord. Sin affects life. And it affected Achan's life. It affected Adam and Eve's life. In this account, we see that it affected 36 people directly. And they lost their lives because of the sin of Achan. Well, they thought they were going to win that battle. And Achan thought that his sin was okay and he'd covered it up. But because of Achan's sin, 36 lives were taken. Oh yes, AI should have been easy for the children of Israel to face if the Lord had been on their side. But Achan's sin affected all those around him. I wonder what of those loved ones as they went out that morning? Did they say goodbye to their families? Thinking that they would return again, or did they say goodbye thinking that they would never return again? No, I'm sure each one went out. I'll see you later, dear. We'll not be long. The victory's ours, the Lord's on our side. And Achan's sin affected them. And 36 families lost loved ones. Now in the city, or within the camp, there are cries of broken hearts. Loved ones mourning those that they've lost. Yes, it brought pain and sorrow as it did even with Adam and Eve in the garden. Their sin was not confined to themselves alone. It brought pain and sorrow into their lives, and it brought sorrow and death to every generation that came afterward. Romans 5, verses 12 and 14 tell us, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Friend, you may say today, well, my sin will never have such serious consequences as that. Well, yes, friend, it may never lead to the death of a loved one. But I wonder how many hearts it will break on the way through Your friend, the alcoholic, never set out with his drinking to end up in the state that he's in. The drug addict never thought with that first little joint, 
that it will take complete control of his life. That first little pill. And friends, sin will take you further than you ever want to go. And sin will cost you far more than you ever want to pay. And I wonder how many lives will it destroy? How many hearts will it break along the way? Does sin really matter? Who will ever know? Well, be sure your sins will find you out. Friend, one day every sin will be exposed. It may not go up on this wall here, but one day, as her brother said, you'll either stand before the Lord as your Savior or as your judge. And when you stand before Him as your judge, every sin will be laid before you, open and bare. Friend, sin matters. Sin matters. Friend, the Lord knows, even though no one else may know, the Lord knows. He knows your heart. He knows your thought. He knows your soul. Proverbs 15 and 3, we read, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. And one day, friend, you shall give an account of your sin before Him. Oh, I wonder... Are you ready to meet with the Lord if you were to pass from this scene of time tonight? Where will you spend eternity? Oh, friend, we've looked at these two questions. Does it really matter who will ever know? Brings us to a third question. Sure, what's the worst can happen? I'm sure as Achan took that thing, he wondered, well, really, what's the worst can happen? We can never anticipated the consequences for his sin. You think Achan would have went down that route if he would have known what was going to happen? No. No. Dear friend, as I've said, one day you'll stand before the judge of all the earth if you remain unrepentant. Romans 2, verses 2, 3, and 6 but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? God who will render every man according to his deeds. Dear friend, the reality is that God hates sin. Well, you say God's a God of love and I'll just get to heaven and let me in. Well, friend, your sin has separated you from God. And yet in His love, He sent the Lord Jesus Christ to be the only Redeemer for men. And you reject His way of salvation. Well, friend, the Lord cannot, allow, cannot look upon sin because He's holy and He's just and He's righteous. And sin will never enter into heaven. I wonder, where are you tonight? But friends, in this passage we see that God had a plan to deal with sin. 
In verses 14 and 15, we see how the Lord outlines to Joshua how the perpetrator is to be found. Did you ever wonder why the Lord just didn't say to Joshua, Joshua, Achan's your man. Achan's the man that has brought this upon the, the, the people of Israel. Achan's the man responsible for the defeat of Ai and the death of those 36 soldiers. Why did the Lord not say that? Joshua, go and get him. You know where he is. Do you not think that the Lord was being merciful unto Achan? Oh, the Lord gave Achan the opportunity to repent. Do you see how the Lord told Joshua to find out who was responsible? He told him to take the people tribe by tribe. Somewhere over two million people. Well, there was a lot of people to get through, wasn't there? And then once he went through tribe by tribe, then he went by family by family. Down to individual by individual. Oh, dear friends, the Lord gave Achan opportunity after opportunity to repent. Oh, Achan knew what was happening. Achan saw what was going on. Achan knew that his sin would be found out. But Achan, he didn't want to come and confess his sin. Oh no, I'll just keep it here and maybe I'll just get away with it. Maybe, just maybe. Dear friend, tonight, you've heard the gospel time and time again. And you've heard how you need to turn from your sin you need to seek the Lord Jesus Christ and ask Him to forgive you and to cleanse you. And yet you go on and you go on and you go on. We all know those words in Genesis 6 and 3. My spirit shall not always strive with man. Dear friend, where are you tonight? What is it going to take for you to realize that you're a sinner and that your sin will be found out. Your sin is known in the sight of God and that one day you'll be judged for your sin. What is it going to take, dear friend, tonight? The Lord gave Achan opportunity after opportunity to repent. And He's gave you opportunity after opportunity and tonight again you hear the gospel message. And you'll do one of two things. You'll either accept the offer of salvation through Jesus Christ when He shed His precious blood on Calvary's cross. Or you'll go out and you'll say as the fool said, no God, no God, not tonight. Well, dear friends, praise God, there's still opportunity. The Lord is still merciful. Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Friend, will you not come tonight? 
Your sin must be dealt with. And you can either deal with your sin tonight and confess it before the Lord. Or one day God will deal with your sin. When you hear those words, depart from me, I never knew you. Friend, there's no middle ground tonight. He can have opportunity and he failed to repent. And he comes to Joshua and Joshua says to him, Achan, what have you done? And he tells Joshua what he'd done, but there's no talk of remorse. Oh, he can harden his heart against the Lord. Friends, there are lessons here for us all. Dear friend, it's only a matter of time. Young person, older person, until the finger of God lands on your life and your sins are exposed. Oh, I wonder, what if that were tonight? What if that were tonight? I've said, praise God, we still live in the day of grace and mercy. Dear friend, we read in that, those last verses of chapter 7, about the punishment that came upon Achan. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned him with fire after they stoned him with stones. Well, this was what the Lord demanded for sin. And friend, one day, one day your sin will be punished. I wonder, dear friend, are you, as it were, prepared to take the chance? So I'll take my chance with God. I'll go on my way. I wonder tonight, are you saying, well, it's only one little sin? Does it really matter? Who will ever know? And sure, if they do, what's the worst that can happen? Friend, your sin will take you into Christless eternity. As we close this service tonight, I urge you to look to Calvary's cross. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Why? To redeem a people unto himself. My Savior, were the wrath of God upon his own body, that wrath that you and I deserve for our sin. And I wonder tonight, will you go out rejecting him and his offer of mercy? And writer says, O turn, while the Savior in mercy is waiting, and steer for the harbor light. For how do you know but your soul may be drifting over the deadline tonight? Amen.